Hey guys, it's Tony. I'm here to talk to you about Awaken Conference. Now, Awaken is a young adult gathering in Charlotte, North Carolina from January 31st to February 2nd, 2020. And it's meant to help you recharge your spiritual life and connect with a community that you can grow your faith alongside. Now, this year's presenters include a killer lineup with Caleb Isley of Humans of Adventism and, of course, a friend of the podcast. He's been on a few episodes. Kim Cove, a licensed counselor, and Randy Ban, the creative producer at Nike World Headquarters. The keynotes will be brought by Ben Lundquist of the Rise and Lead podcast, uh, a good friend of mine and an amazing speaker. Trust me, guys, you will not want to miss out. And Absurdity will be there. So me and Becker, uh, you get, get to see us if you come out. Uh, would love to come and talk to you. We absolutely think that this is something you're going to want to come and see. Speaking of, if you enter the code Absurdity at awakennc.com, that's Absurdity, A-B-S-U-R-D-I-T-Y, at awakennc.com, you're going to get a 10% discount. We'd love to see you there. This is absolutely something that we support, and we think that Awaken is a part of the growing church movement that we want to see moving forward. Once again, if you enter code absurdity at awakennc.com, you'll get a 10% discount off the initial price. Love to see you guys there. Today's episode of Absurdity is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to www.thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Absurdity. We are back in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Tony is in Michigan, Berrien Springs, Michigan, the home of nothing. And um, I... That, that's, that's not really fair to nothing. That's fair. Um, I'm actually really excited today, Tony, because it is January 23, and do you know what we are in the middle of? I, I'm, I'm going to go with no. Clapbacks Day. We are in the middle oh, of Clapbacks Day. Clapbacks. Yeah, today, today is, is Clapbacks Day. day. So, We've had some good ones. So We've had some good ones. For those who don't know, on my Instagram, every month or a couple months, it depends. It's really whenever I'm feeling like I uh, want the creative juices to go through me. Um, I do clapbacks on Instagram. What I do is I post a, I post a story with a questions sticker so you can ask someone a question and I go, it's clapbacks time. Send me your submissions. And people will write in whatever. They'll try and roast me or they'll try and say something nice or do or they'll try to make it as hard as possible for me to roast them and clap back. Um, and so it's actually picked up. I did it in December. And in December, I only had 14 people. But I've been doing this for like six hours today, and already I've had like 50 submissions. It's kind of insane. So I want to share, um, I just want to share some of my favorites so far from today, because I think they're pretty darn fantastic. So uh, one, one, girl, one girl wrote in, how does it feel having a dog that's cooler than your clapbacks? Now, I love this because I know this girl and I know her boyfriend. And so I figured, let's go for uh, uh, two birds with one stone sort of thing. Uh, or as PETA would say, two birds with one scone. So I told her, my taste in dogs is better than your taste in men. And he actually, her boyfriend Snapchatted me later and was like, why would you do this to me? I didn't, I didn't, I, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I thought we were friends. All right. Well, so there's. Well, welcome to the war, Poland. That's right. Because you're near Germany. That's why. One kid. Now he's a, he's a friend of, all of these are friends of mine. 
Uh, I was shocked that he would do this. I was, I was pretty impressed with, with his guts. He brought my dad into it. And he said, clapback is a sorry excuse to have power trips over others. How sad. I bet your dad is proud. So, hey, I'm not really sure how clapbacks are a power trip when you sign up for them willingly. But anyway, let, let's go with it. I said, I had 17 years to make my dad proud and I succeeded. You still have a lifetime left as a disappointment. Yeah, I saw that one. It was, it was, those, that was a third degree. Let's that see. Was a third degree burn. Said, no, you're terrible at this and no one wants to be your friend. So I responded with, everybody just tolerates you. Yeah. Uh, kid of, a freshman at Southern said, let's hear it. So I told him, your hair says first day of college, but your face says first day of kindergarten. What other girls said? Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> yeah, all right, all right, all right. What other girl said, uh, I'm scared, but okay. Now, this girl is the daughter of someone relatively famous in Adventism, and I decided not to go for the low-hanging fruit here. Yeah, um, okay, all right, okay. And yeah. so I said, where do you close shop when the kids' section is too big for you? Now, it, here, here is my favorite. And the reason this is my favorite is actually because what happened after I sent it. This girl said me, so I said, what hair color will your next cry for attention be? Now, the reason that's my favorite is because several other girls wrote in going, I thought you were talking to me. (laughs) 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 I just thought that was hilarious. I feel personally attacked. Now, after after reading those, I want everyone to know that, A, this is 100% voluntary. Everyone that signs up for this knows 100% that I do not actually oh, think yeah. any they, of this about them. And they know that I'm kidding. And for, they've painted a target on their own. Yeah. Back. And, and, and to be fair as well, uh, for those that are harsher or those that I might, you know, there's even a chance that I, that they might take me seriously. I actually message them before I post it publicly, uh, saying, you know, giving them context for everything, letting them know, I don't mean it. It's just part of the right. game. Uh, and everyone has been cool about this. Every single person that has participated has been cool about this, to my knowledge. And the second this that is a, someone isn't, it ends. This is a, It's a good step up from dad jokes, I will say. This is a Thank good... You. I take pride in that. It's like the veggie meat for that. Yeah. Like, it's a, it's a good stepping stone. People love it, honestly. Like, I get Eventually messages... Eventually, you'll get to the point where you can just compliment people, like, <laughs> express love. But, but this is a good start. This is, this is, a, good, is a good... The, the rhythms are there. Yeah, the rhythms are there. This is a good first step. No, I think... Um, Honestly, I get so many messages from people that that are not participating at all who are just like, thank you for doing this. Like, this is making my day. I'm laughing so hard reading these. Like, they're they're meant to be good-natured fun. And most of them I just make up. One girl messaged in, yikes, and I said, what what was it this time? Did you step on a scale or look in the mirror? And then I uh, immediately messaged her, and I said, I just want you to know I don't think you're fat, and I do think you're beautiful, right? Like, there are um, there are times where... Even if I even if I know I might be hitting on it like a real insecurity, I message to let them know this is okay. Don't freak out. And if it's not okay, I would happily apologize. Like very quickly, I would and apologize. If it's not okay, I'd be like, "Well, then get to a gym, Daddy McFatty." <laughs> it's January. It's not too late for a New Year's resolution. And that's and that's. I was gonna say the story is eventually gonna end with, and that's how Ryan met his wife. Yeah, so <laughs> glad to have you on the show. This exactly exactly. No, uh, so I just wanted to share a few of those with you. If you if you do follow me on Instagram, um, just search up Ryan Becker or past underscore Ryan, uh, though that might change soon um, for for more wonderful clapbacks. My Instagram right now looks like a girl's twenty eighteen year in review. Are you switching 
Yeah, no, it was pretty bad. Like those popped up like all of a sudden, like everyone was doing them. Boom. Yeah, it's like, crazy right how much this has turned like, into like an a, event. That was a good filter. Um, that was a that was a good one. Um, I don't know. Are you gonna change your Instagram? Potentially, I don't know. Maybe I've been thinking you about it. Show a more professional account. No, I mean I've it's... been thinking about doing that for a couple of reasons. Um. For me, at least, like the first reason is like when I got Instagram, I wasn't working. It's not like I want people to look at my Instagram and think, oh, like he's a I I don't want people to see my Instagram and think I'm a pastor. That's my personal one. But I'm thinking of starting up a second one as like, hey, this is like my pastorally yeah. absurd side. Yeah, that I mean that's I'm thinking not necessarily of doing a, a, a you know personal and public one or anything like that. I'm thinking of just changing my username. Um, because a pastor isn't really my main role anymore. Um, so maybe I'll be pod underscore Ryan. I don't know. I'm being dumb. I was I understood it as that like the best part of your life was in the past, but okay. That's, that's true. Cool. I did peak in high school. That, that is a fair, yeah. fair, fair point. Fair point. I'd say I, I, high school, early college. I'll give you early college. <laughs> is that cause it's when I met you? Yeah. That's how I knew my life was on the downhill. That was your, I was going to say, that was your peak. <laughs> that was, that was how I, I even said, I told people, I go, how sad to meet me this early. Yeah, that's fair. I feel I feel so bad because you just, it's all swiftly I tell downhill. people, I tell people I'm how sad that you've had to meet me now because it's confirmation that your life has been on downhill for a while. That's what I tell people. Uh, so I, I understand. Now, yeah. Present yeah. you, that's true. Yeah, present me. Yeah, that's it's true. Yeah. Present riot. We need to have a clapback absurd version, like where we just like insult each other, but like a roast. I guess that'd be more. I would love an Adventist roast if we could actually pull it off. I would love it. I feel like it It'd would. Be, it, I th- it's feel like too low hanging fruit. What? It's too low hanging fruit. No, I know, but like I wish we could like where everyone participates because I feel like it would just get rid of so much tension. There's so yeah, much no, stuff that's like unsaid. Actually, actually saying what we think. Yeah, what? shocker. <laughs> in a safe environment, I think that's the only way we could do it. Is is in that kind of like a tongue in cheek? Ha 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 ha. Hey, maybe I, stop making semen jokes there, Dougie. Ha 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 ha. I think kind of a thing. I think we could learn a lot from comedians. I also think we could learn a lot of what not to do from comedians. But in general, I think we could learn a lot from the comedy scene. Well, talking about. Louis C.K. Uh, <laughs> and another sad kidding. story. Um, oh, sorry, we're doing we're doing that we're doing that later. Never mind. Yeah, no, that's you're good. You're good. Um, I was trying to segue in, but I'm like, oh, that's right, we switched it. No, so I want to talk about something that came to my attention this week, actually. So, like I said, it's the 23rd oh. of January. What? Are we going to put like a special jingle? No, probably not. Our news section. We need. I, a, we need. I to come need, up with a special I need jingle. music. I need music to do it. We need if anyone wants to be our sound engineer for like jingles and like time for the news or something. Yes. Because we want to do like a news section, but you can't it just sounds dumb if we're like, all right, this is our news section and then go on. Like we need Yeah, but we are gonna to still do it. a news section in the meantime. Yeah. So anyway. Um uh it was brought to my attention by a source that is very reliable, but I cannot reveal it. So if anyone wants to write in and pressure me for a source, I cannot give it to you out of respect for said person and because a a job would actually be at stake. But I have been given permission to talk about this on the podcast. Um, Absurd leaks. 
Yeah, absurd leaks. That's what we are. Um, and I don't share this. I really want to preface what I'm about to say as the, as this, because uh, it, it is really important for me to, to start this conversation off this way. Um, I don't share this with any intent to, to slander or, or bring anyone down. In fact, um, there's very few specific people even involved in this that I know of. Um, but it is something that's worth talking about because it's not being talked about. Um, and I would love it, actually, if there's anyone listening to this who has any information to the contrary of what I'm about to share, please let me know. Um, clarify. Yeah, please yeah. clarify. In fact, I will do a full re-upload of this or, episode. Or confirmation. Yeah, I'll do a full re-upload of this episode if any of it is wrong, um, if any of this can be well, corroborated the, the, the other way. Um, I think it'll be good. I but, think it'd be good to do a response, maybe yeah. not even to re-upload, but, but we'll, I mean, do, we'll do like yeah. a, a retraction. Yeah, yeah, I'm happy For to sure. do that. I think both um, of us. It's just um, this is something that I think needs to be talked about, and and I'll and you'll ex- I'll explain exactly why as we dig into it a little bit. Um, but the it, it has recently come to my attention that the South American division has started unofficially pressuring slash vetoing uh, NAD staff members from speaking in the South American division. As far as I know, this does not extend to pastors in the North American division. Um, this only extends to NAD officials. I cannot, I don't know which, I don't know who specifically. I know it's already happened. Uh, basically, when the president gets word that an NAD person is coming, he has in the past vetoed, uh, vetoed that. No matter what level it was or whether it was really in his jurisdiction or you know, author- within his authority to do that, um, still blocked it. And it's caused some issues between countries. Um, it's caused, uh, you know, different countries in the division because the South American division covers several countries, just like the North American division covers the U S and Canada. Right. So, um, this and Mexico and no, 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 no. Mexico isn't actually Mexico's inter-American inter-America. Yeah. We, okay, I misspoke no, right. when I said that like, like 20 episodes ago, yeah, uh, yeah. but, um, yeah, that's, um, so, um, the reason this is important um, as well is because there was a meeting, a pastor's meetings uh, for the South American division where the pastors were asked to sign a form stating that they were in total agreement with estate, with Seventh-day Adventist doctrines and beliefs and policy. Now, you might ask that why, you know, why would you be a pastor if you weren't? And here's my response to that. One of the most, in fact, the most beautiful thing of Adventism outside of our beliefs about Jesus, right? Uh, Outside of our actual core beliefs of what makes us Adventist. The most beautiful thing of Adventism to me is its constant willingness to reevaluate itself. Its constant willingness to let questions be asked and the structure therein that allows questions to be asked that help sharpen us all, right? Even if someone questions a belief like Ford did, like Desmond Ford did in the 70s, right? If someone comes attacking our belief system, then on the other end of it, we still come out stronger. So this is like working through questions and genuine disagreement is exactly how we grow as Christians, as people, and as a church. So making people sign and and affirm and swear allegiance to in that way uh, completely removes that ability to question safely. Uh, That's my problem with that. And the fact that the South American division is now pressuring and vetoing NAD staff members not to come, please, please let this be wrong. I've never wanted to be wrong more in my life, but I already know of a specific situation where it happened. Um, then I would, um, yeah, I, I, you know, as far as, so as far let, as vetoing let's, pastors. Let's be clear. Yeah. Let's be clear before we move on. They're doing this specifically because the North American division has 
I don't want to say defied, but I guess stood in defiance. Stood in defiance of, of yes. the GC. In disagreement. Yeah. In disagreement. As far as, as far as the NAD with is the concerned. N- the, with the GC, yeah. as far as the policies and the, the stance and yeah. the attitude that the GC is taking uh, regarding a number of issues, but mostly on the idea that, you know, they're they're trying to take control and yeah. um, create a more centralized power and it's, uh, uh, in, in, in Silver Spring. It's worth it's worth noting here as well that the NAD doesn't even see itself, you know, out of policy or, you know, standing against the GC in that manner. Like if you ask Dan Jackson or any of them, they're not like intentionally breaking policy to stab at um, to stab at the GC. They're not doing that at all. Um, Yeah, it's it's different than open rebellion because they don't want someone to speak in their division. Do you you see what I mean? First off, first of all, they're not. It's. It's they're not out of policy. I mean, yeah, that's the yeah, thing. Yeah, it's yeah. not an opinion. It's not like both sides look and go, well, kind of like the GC is straight up saying, no, you have to. And there's no written policy for it. Yeah. Um, I mean, there is some now because they just voted on it, but there's no policy. Like, anyway, that's been the whole point of this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like so. So as we're moving on, like, that's why the South American division is doing it. It's not just because like that's the reason for it. Yeah. Now is the compliance, so on and so forth. Hey guys, Ryan here. And I just want to add something right here before this conversation goes further. Uh, we don't actually know what the reason is. When Tony says, let's be clear, the reason is this, it's because it's the only thing that we can theorize or or, or hypothesize is the, is the reason this is happening. The other thing that I want to clarify about this conversation is that there's been no official emails that I know of. There's no official documentation uh, talking about this issue anywhere in the South American division. So as far as we know, this is an unofficial thing that's happening. In other words, if they hear about it, they stop it. It doesn't mean that there's a ban on NAD officials or anyone coming into the South American division to speak. It just means that if someone catches word about it, they might block it. This is no different than a couple of years ago when the Florida conference banned, I think it was Doug Batchelor from coming to uh, an Adventist church in Florida uh, or uh, I think something happened in the Carolina conference recently where I think it was Stephen Bohr that was blocked from coming to a church in North Carolina. So there are moments where this happens even in the NAD and we and it's worth talking about in general. We don't know the specific reasons why these are happening. We can only hypothesize. But I wanted to jump in here in the middle of this conversation so you understand that we're doing the best we can to navigate this and and think about this from whatever angles we have. And I absolutely welcome any corrections on this, any clarifications. If there's anyone that wants to reach out, please, please let me know at ryan180becker at gmail.com. All right, back to the conversation. I want to be clear. Uh, the reason that this is important, the reason I talk about it in this way, um, and I believe, and I know I'm painting a target on my back, 100%, I know I'm taking, painting a target on my back. And I want to be clear in, in saying as well that, Tony, you're on this show, but this was my idea to talk about. <laughs> um, so I don't, you know, it's, this, this target is on my back. If you want to target Tony, because just by association, fine. But this this one's on my back, and that's fine with me. Um, I've, I've been targeted by associating with you so many times. I know, it's so true. It's nothing um, new. Everyone has. Now, the reason this is so important is because I think we in the NAD, who is the most of uh, my listeners, right? Uh, we in the NAD have taken for granted Norway. outlets. Norway and, and Australia, yeah. Um, Australia. Woo! We have taken for granted the ability or the free flowing information and transparency that actually does exist in our system. And you might say, what transparency? Look, we got we have like spectrum. We have 
uh, Adventist News Network. We have Adventist Today. We have Adventist Review. Well, you have all these individuals. And, and go ahead. I'll, I'll even go beyond Adventist Review. The conferences have an air of transpar- transparency yeah. here. Like they intentionally are like, this is what's happening. Um, that's the attitude. That's the general attitude for most of the conferences in, in this in this division. Not all of them, but most of them are very open about what they're doing. Yeah, I I wouldn't put Adventist Review, by the way, in that category anymore. No, I, I still would. Be... No, they still write news. Even if you no look, even if you disagree with their opinion pieces, and this is the same with Spectrum. But but see, some, I, they're still writing they news. They're still writing they news. Don't put everything and that's let why me, i'd say as far as transparency i they do write news though i will okay okay let me let me finish let me finish my point and that yeah. might and it might help you understand why i put advanced review because even at this point i would put fulcrum seven and advindicate in there as well and the reason for that is because because of the way that our society works um information is more free-flowing and conflicting opinions um are also accessible Whereas in other okay. divisions yeah. in the world, that is not true. Uh, there okay. is no yeah, I see like that. that I know of. There's no there's nothing like Spectrum or or these other organizations that exist in some of these other divisions. So like we talk about, we've referenced polygamy uh, several times. We've referenced the fact that there's polygamy in the Adventist Church in in some divisions and some conferences, not in North American division that I know of. Um, but you're not going to see that written down anywhere. Like no one's written that no one's that I can find. And I've looked, I can't find any writings to corroborate that claim. Um, but everyone kind of knows that it's true at this point. And it's because in those divisions and in those conferences, information is more tightly controlled. There is no conversation that's allowed about these things. And I want that to change. I want that to be different. But I also don't, I don't want anyone else walking around pretending like everything is okay somewhere when it's not. So um, I, it's, I don't even necessarily, like, while I disagree with what the South American Division has done in these two areas, if it's the case, then, um, you know, even if I disagree with them, that's fine. Just be straight up about it. You know what I mean? Um, I did ask several pastors, ministers, um, if, if anyone could give me information to the contrary. Um, some had said one person actually, originally I'd heard that it was pastors as well. One person said, as far as I know, I can go whenever I want. Um, and I have several friends that are there. So it's, um, I have not heard anything disagreeing or counteracting with the past with the, with the NAD side, just the pastoral side. So, um, I'm open to hearing information about this. I'm happy to talk about it at length again, but I wanted to make everyone aware of this because this battle is not over. And just because annual council isn't happening doesn't mean that moves aren't happening. In fact, if you've read Spectrum at all in the last six months, you may have noticed that some of the most intense things that happened in order to get the compliance vote passed happened when annual council wasn't happening. So yeah. this is it is important for us to keep having these conversations and to talk about what transparency looks like. Um, and if anyone has any concerns about transparency on this podcast, just let me know. And I'm happy to talk about whatever you want to know. This podcast costs me $3,000 out of pocket to run per year. The Haystack pays me $50 a month in sponsorship. Like I don't care what, um, I don't care what information you want to know about this podcast. I'm happy to tell you, and I'm an open book. So, um, if that hasn't been made clear by how vulnerable I have been on this podcast, especially in recent episodes, um, so I, I just want you, I want everyone to know I'm not coming at this antagonistically. I'm not trying to fight. I'm not trying to, 
uh, make enemies. I'm trying to talk about information and create conversation. So um, as far as what do we do with that information, I'm not really sure right now. Yeah. I, I, I just don't know. It's it's hard to process, honestly, because if it's true, it's like, okay. To me, to me, it, it comes across as duplicitous because you have everyone talking out of one side of their mouth of we want to all come together, but they're not doing it in a spirit of like, it's like come together or else. Yeah. Um, I love looking at the story of the prodigal son. Yes. Uh, always go to the Bible for lessons, good and bad. When you look at the story of the prodigal son, how God treats us when we run away and act out of compliance, um, he runs towards us, he celebrates it, he lets them come back in their time. Yep. Absolutely. He doesn't, you know, he goes looking. You know, it, it never says in any of the three stories, uh, you know, you have the son, you have the sheep, the lost sheep, lost coin, and the lost son. In all three of those stories, the shepherd, you know, the widow, and the father never berate the one that was lost or the one out of compliance. Um, to me, that's the attitude that we should always have. That's the attitude we should have to pastors who leave the faith. That's the attitude we should have to people who have uh, painful experiences and, and come out with scars and react angrily to that. That's the position we should have to people who don't like church anymore. Uh, that's the position we should have to people who disagree with us. Um, that's the position I have for, you know, the certain people that we've called out on this podcast and, and held to accountability that, Hey, I'm all for a hundred percent for, for coming together and, and getting the work done. Yeah. Um, I don't want to shut anybody out. I don't want to shut anybody out. I don't want to say, hey, you can't do this anymore. Um, I do think that sometimes actions have consequences. So if you're, you know, if, if we're going to prosecute one, and that's my thing, is at least be honest and fair. If you're going to act in one way, act that way. If you're going to, if you're going to talk about unity and compliance, then do so not with a stick because God never did it with a stick. I mean, he warned, he was like, Hey, you know, bad things are going to happen if you don't, but he never, he never threatened. Yeah. You know, I mean, read well, the Bible. He, war he warned, he never yeah. threatened. And so, you know, I just think it's, it's not a, it's not, it's not a spirit of togetherness so. if that's true. And that, and that point is exactly why I disagreed with the NAD's move to, um, to fast forward the tithe reduction uh, or, or head to tithe parity, the when they did it. I don't necessarily agree with the decision overall, but I disagree with when they we're, did it. We're going to, yeah, I, 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 we'll, we won't do that dance again, but no, yeah, but that's I, like, I can see, I can see where you come from with that. Yeah. yeah. And, and I just want to, and the reason I say that now is not because I want to reopen that can of worms. It's because it's important that people know I'm not out here because I love one division and hate another. Um, I'm happy to disagree with anyone that I disagree with. And we so, have. Yeah. Uh, in other news, I guess since we're kind of talking about South America, um, the Montana conference. Yeah, that's exactly the issued same. a statement. Um, huh? What? Since we're talking, yeah, Montana is definitely South America. No, 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 no. Uh, Montana, the Montana conference in issued a public um, compliance statement. Uh, so 
When? This is this is interesting. Uh, I was last. How did I not see this last week? It it didn't get super big on the rounds, and it's not something that like again I wouldn't necessarily bring up. I don't think it's super huge news. If anyone knows that conference, it's fairly traditional, fairly conservative, so it didn't come as a surprise. Other than, um, you know, to to kind of make it that public, but yeah, their their executive board, um. Or not their executive board, but essentially their executive board uh, came up with a public statement of compliance. So it's interesting. It's interesting to see how people are reacting to that. You have, you know, in the NAD, you have people going one way or the other. Um, and again, I would furthermore like to state that the NAD and the unions are not out of compliance. But anyway, that's fine. That's the news. There you go. There There's you go. News. There it is. Um, Do with it what you will. Well, yep. I think we should follow this up. In a in a future episode, kind of yeah, I'd love to come back to this. To verify, especially one since or the I other. will I will probably get emails like crazy after this. Uh, I'm prepared for it. Whistleblower. <laughs> toot, toot. Uh, I won't lie though; I am super nervous talking about it because like the the, the, the it's the, a new direction for us. Well, the other half, uh, sort of. I mean, I do think it's absurd. Um, I think the main criticism we can get drawn on, and I think it's fair criticism, is that we're talking about information that I can't directly verify. Um, like I yeah. cannot verify it beyond it, that it's happened to one person. But, and then like more was told and more was yeah. said, but, um, but this is like, this is the perfect format for that. You know what I mean? Like we don't have to state our sources. We can just say, Hey, this is something that supposedly happened. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Um, and I was told by someone that is pretty much directly involved. So it's yeah. not, and it's not it's like not a like rumor. I, yeah, like we believe this is true. We wouldn't talk about it if we didn't yeah. believe this was actually happening. It's just sad because I can't verify this in a way that will probably settle or, or, or satisfy some critics, and that's okay. Yet. I just kind of accepted it. Um, yet. Yeah. Yeah, yet. Well, and the other half of that, too, is just because it's unverifiable information doesn't mean it's not doesn't information it's worth not talking true. about and doesn't mean it's not true. Exactly. So um, that that is one of those... Um, like we could just because you can't prove it when you talk about it doesn't mean you can't talk about it um, or shouldn't. Yeah, yeah, that's why investigations happen. Well, but I mean, that's the and this is the thing that bugs me about the Adventist church a little bit sometimes is that we do kind of get this cloak and daggery thing every once in a while. It's like, dude, just be out in the open about it. I mean, I get the politics of it that sometimes it it's you have to worry about optics. But at the same time, it's like. Just say what you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. just talk about it. Yeah. And I've had people come up, well, you can't verify that. You can't. And I'm like, look, I don't have to. I'm not the Washington Post. Even the Washington Post, back when they broke uh, the story in the 70s that, that uh, the Watergate, you know, scandal, they didn't, you know, they didn't have to name their sources. They just said, hey, a big level source is doing this. Follow the money. Here's what we can back. Here's what we can prove. This is, you know, shady stuff. And so yep. to me, I think if it gets us talking and get it, and gets the conversation going. I don't know where. I think it's just an announcement for now. But if it gets us talking about, all right, well, if this is the attitude other divisions are going to have, um, then I think we should. I mean, I think this is why it's important for us to have a conversation about financial parity. Personally. So, yeah. Do you really want to reopen that can of worms right now? We just no. said we aren't going to. No, I don't. But I'm saying you just it's wanted to get your to you just wanted to get your jab in. I wanted to get my jab in because you got yours in. Yeah, but this is my show, Tony. I could do whatever I want <laughs> on my oh, show. Oh, and now the truth comes out. <laughs> oh 8, man, you eight fifty three p.m. What's on 
Wednesday. What is? What is? I don't even know what today is. January twenty three. I'm in Greek. Everything's just a blur. Tony, what, time is a flat circle. Tony, what's it like living in my shadow? Ah, <laughs> uh, mm, man, could you imagine if my ego was that big? Imagine, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Imagine all the egos. All right, so talking about um, egos, this is actually a great transition time. Twenty eight minutes into the episode, twenty nine minutes of the episode. Um, yeah. So last week, I think it was last week. I don't actually remember. Someone messaged Lauren Brooks. Actually, messaged me about this. Who was on on episode sixty six? I'm, I'm pretty sure it was last week. It was yeah. last week. Yeah, Gillette released an ad on masculinity, and uh, this was met with the. Uh, Met people lost their dang mind. That's true. People really did. Uh, so here's what the here's what the uh, the ad basically was in a nutshell. It was two parts. The first part talked about um, a lot of uh, it. Basically, questioned boys: uh, Is this the best we can be? Um, and it started and, and it opened with like a Me Too quote, a reference, and um, examples of guys you know inappropriately hitting on women or. Um, bullying, bullying, all of yeah, a, a group bullying, two um, two boys fighting at like a barbecue, something like that. Yeah, and and then um, oh, what was the what was that scene where locker, all the dads, locker room, locker room talk, locker room. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was the scene where the guys, all the dads, were over the grills and they were saying the yeah, that was the that was the fight. Yeah, that was the fight. I like the barbecue. No, but all the guys, it showed a, a, like a plethora, like a line of dads. Like a plethora of dads, yeah. And they were that's all the like, boys will be boys. Boys will be boys, yes, that's boys what they said. Boys will be boys, yeah, that was kind so, of the tagline. Yeah, and they said That was, is, the, that was the, like the, the hinge point yeah. at the first half. There was this like, is this the best we can be? And then the response was, well, boys will be boys. And then the second half was kind of the response to that statement. Yes. Or that mentality. And it was the idea that men actually can be better. And uh, so it showed example of like a guy about to hit on a woman and his friends stopped him. Uh, it showed a kid being bullied and a father while walking with his child uh, ran into the fight, broke up the fight and 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 solved the problem while his son was it, watching. Uh, it showed that there's a real clip on YouTube and Twitter and a bunch of different places about uh, a, just a random dude. I want to say it was Florida. I don't think so. But uh, it's a bunch of they just they happen to be black, just so you know, when you see the video, it's it's a bunch of black young men and they're around a the corner and two of them start to get in the fight. And one guy steps up in the middle of it and literally just calms both of them down and they're fighting. And he literally just sits there and you can do better. And so they actually played scenes from that clip. Um, in that where it's like actually stepping into the way of a fight to stop it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, this is this is really important because the, like the overall message of this was they showed examples of how men can be better. And then they said men can be better. Right. And then sponsored by Gillette. And that was it was a Gillette advertisement. And the kind of idea was we can be better because our kids, our sons are watching their dads and uh, powerful video, powerful ad. And people lost their minds. Uh, at the time that I watched it, it had 700,000 dislikes and only 300,000 likes on YouTube. Um, right. Like this thing was universal, was almost universally hated by men, uh, who were offended because, uh, they, they, it's that same kind of mentality that a lot of white people are feeling when talking about social justice and racial race relations, basically, and racial reconciliation. It's the idea that, that, that men feel like they are being unnecessarily attacked just for the sake of being men in the same way that a lot of white people are starting to feel like they're being attacked for the sake of just being white. Um, which even if that were true, Welcome to the last 
all of human history. So <laughs> this is um, this is something that yeah, for real uh, it, it touched a sore spot with touched a sore spot with men yeah. uh, who were like, "Wow, uh, Gillette, I don't need you shoving morality down my 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 throat. Um, you don't get to tell me what a man can be." And wow, a man can't even compliment a woman anymore, and all this stuff, right? And it was kind of like. It was kind of like all the all the people that had an issue with it, like just the at like the message itself were all the people that I thought like you were the person that needed to listen to this the most. Uh, it was like that's the kind of attitude I got. Like you didn't hear the the second part at all because I don't see what's wrong with being a good example to your son. Um, and like here's 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 where I think um, men are struggling. Right here's where I think men are struggling over the last several centuries. Uh, women have slowly uh, been having this conversation and, you know, within the last century, it's been, you know, amped up and ramped up. Uh, women have been having this conversation and kind of awakening on their gender's role and, and value and worth in society as more than just a stay at home mom and a bur- and a baby making machine. Right. Or, or honestly, like it was for most of history. Property. Um, <laughs> property. Yeah. Yeah. So um, women have had this conversation. They're in this middle of awakening and men have never had the same conversation. And so basically what ends up happening is while women are redefining their role, uh, men are not redefining theirs. And so what it ends up looking like is that women are just taking the men's role. And there are men that are, you know, whether it's insecurity, whether it's where they derive their sense of value and worth from, whatever it is, they're resisting that because they don't have another definition of what it means to be a man other than by doing the things that now women are increasingly, you know, more and more women are increasingly doing. And like, that's, that's kind of my theory on it. Um, and, and I think we're starting to see the beginnings of that conversation and awakening happening for men where we are also able to redefine a more fluid role of masculinity in today's society. Um, but yeah, it was they, like, this ad was reacted to uh, super negatively. And there is actually one criticism that is, I thought was valid. Um, the, the criticism that I thought was valid was everyone attacking Procter and Gamble, which is Gillette's parent company, yeah. uh, because of their own unethical business practices. And uh, I thought that was pretty funny. The irony. Uh, Although Gillette, from what I understand, Procter and Gamble is kind of like the, the big like business owner. Gillette actually still run like, yeah, Gillette's kind independent. of have their own management yeah. Yeah, yeah, system. Yeah, yeah. And they're the ones who chose to go with that. But yeah, it is. It's like, it's like, uh, there's this there's a episode from um, Thirty Rock if you know the show where like uh, Liz Lemon's trying to be all good about stuff and buy clothes from things and then uh, the the main character or not the main character but her boss kind of like that's owned by Halliburton like everything's owned by you know this giant oil company and she's like what no I'm trying to be ethical about this it's like yeah well they already own yeah. all the things you love so sorry uh, but yeah like I I get that what was interesting to me was like. All right, I'll give the perfect example of what I thought was weird, the reaction. One guy responded to this by taking a beautiful picture, actually, a very well-organized setup. I don't know. I'm not a picture. What's the people who take pictures? What do we call them? Photographers? No, nerds. That's what I was saying, nerds. Um, (laughs) Tony, we did an episode on nerd culture, and we said it was a good thing, so thank you for the compliment. Shut up. Shut up, nerd. Um, so, <laughs> so no, it was like a really, it was a beautiful setup for the, for the, so it's like a dad in like a, a grain field, um, gladiator style 
with his two boys who are, I want to say, six years old and younger. One looks about six. One looks about four. Cannot be older than that. And their maybe five-year-old sister, maybe younger, maybe like six, seven, five, four, somewhere in there. They're, they're, they're just barely out of toddlers. He has a rifle. His younger son, I believe, has a pistol. His other son has a shotgun. They're standing around their daughter. And he says, hey, Gillette, how about I raise my kids to be men the way I'm supposed to be? And to me, this was the absolute most absurd thing ever. And I think it goes back to you with, yeah, um, it begged credulity, Ryan. Go crawl in a hole. It begged credulity. Um, you know what's funny? Everyone, people have been talking to me about the fact that you've been saying that, thinking that like it's your thing, like ha ha ha, yeah. But it's not I your made thing. It my thing. It's, I made it my it's thing. Dan Jackson's thing yeah, from his Huey thing. and Credulity speech. Thing. You know what? It's our thing. Right, I'm a Danny fine. J fan. Well, uh, apparently everyone Danny thinks J. you you're you're your dad, so you're both NAD employees. So sure. Okay, so I can't speak in South America. Got it. All right. Um, so. The the reality is, like, when I saw that, it was so kind of ridiculous to me because I'm like, that's exactly what we were talking about with the role. Like, what Gillette didn't say your sons couldn't have guns or protect their daughter? Like, that was not, if anything, that's what Gillette was encouraging. I'm like, yep. that's what they were saying to do, you idiot. Yeah. Like, wh- like, I, to me, it just goes back to... Gillette didn't even, other than the perhaps Me Too movement, it didn't even politicize it. All it said was, hey, we should probably stop, I don't want to use the R word, being not good to women. Yes. Um, Being rude to women? Yeah, that's the R word that men have a problem with in the society. And women too, but mostly on the men's side as far as publicity. Um, Like... like, let's just not be horrible human beings. That, to me, was the whole thing. I'm like, it, this is, yeah, I don't get what. Yeah. Like, what cracked me up about that is I'm like, they haven't even said really anything. Like, they were just like, yeah, don't be mean. And I'm like, how how is this not, forget controversial. Like, how is this even a real statement? I'm like, isn't this just assumed by society, but then that dad reacted that way when I saw that, and of course he was white. I mean, let's call it what it is. The major, the only people I saw reacting negatively, and honestly, this is my own personal experience. The only people I saw reacting negatively to Gillette on Twitter, on Reddit, on the internet were white males. That's literally the yep. only people yep. I saw reacting negatively. Maybe there were some blacks. I know it would probably not taken great in the Hispanic society because honestly, toxic masculinity. it's everywhere, but I grew up in a Hispanic Latino home and I saw machismo take its horrible, horrible effect on guys. And they, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a dumb, terrible thing. But I was like, the only people I saw reacting to it were white guys. Yeah. Yeah. White middle-aged men. And I'm like, you, first of all, you have a beard. You're not even using Gillette. You idiot. Second of all, like, it's just <laughs> saying, don't be a douche. Like, how how is this even controversial? And it just goes back to the idea of how fragile, you know, there's this, this uh, uh, the, in the white separatist movement, 
there is a concept that um, they've been using to really pump up and get people, and it, and it's a typical propaganda move, um, but it's the idea of uh, uh, white persecution or white extinction. Yes. That the white race is going away. It isn't. Uh, take a look at Norway, but Norway, Australia, we love you guys. Um, but if you, even if you look just in our own country, that's not even true. Like, White population is still the majority by a long shot. Um, it's getting smaller, so it's not yeah. 80% anymore, but it's not by yeah. any means becoming a minority. Well, and my, my is, thing is, is, like, why are you, if there's no race problem, then why are you so afraid of being a minority? Which no, I always find hilarious. Right? Yeah, because even they know being a minority means, oh, it's going to go bad for you. But that's yeah. not the point. Um it's like the guy who's like, I'm definitely not robbing this bank. I just happen to have a gun and I'm pointing it at the teller, but I'm yeah. in no way, you know, being aggressive. Anyway, uh, but the whole point of that was to say, if you feel threatened by something that doesn't exist, it probably means it hit the mark. Yeah. Which means that you, you are fragile. If you're so worried about white power going away then you weren't very powerful to begin with right mm -hmm. you know what i mean like that hulk scene right puny god like you, you were a pretty puny race if you think it's just going away because they're having more babies um you know what i mean like that's so it's 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 you never had power in the first place or you weren't all that powerful in the first place if it takes that yeah. little to get you. And to me, that's just the response to it. That's what it was. It was like, well, clearly the issue was more with you than with Gillette, if that's her reacting to something like that. Because they didn't call out names. I, Nike was more controversial. I will absolutely uh, say they're calling it Kaepernick Oh, yeah. Yeah. Easy. Nike, well, and Serena Williams and all, like, they oh, yeah. straight up, they came out and said it, and they were like, we're taking this stand. Now, we just when we talked about that, it was like, all right, they also invested a lot of money in those athletes, so it's not completely altruistic, but at least they said something. Yeah, and to me, Gillette was like, they're not even, they're just saying be nice. By the way, Gillette wins in this. Everyone is aware, right? Like, there's a big yeah. Gillette was king on the hill, and now there's a bunch of different shaving, you know, stores out there. Um, they win, you know, by us talking about this. If you yeah. think five guys throwing stuff away is going to like, they're coming out ahead. Um, so kudos to them. Good move. But I think that's the thing. When we talk about toxic masculinity, it's the idea that you are so fragile that anything can touch you. Well, I, I can't, I can't let anything punk me, not Gillette, not this dude, not the libs, not anything, nothing can punk me. And it's like, own up to the fact that your identity is your self-worth is so much bigger and 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 stronger and strong enough to not only take criticism but to take false criticism if you can do that and still walk away and be like well i disagree with you but thank you then that to me shows your your maturity and the strength of your character well okay so i have three things to say here that are really important number one uh, there may be someone in that last uh, spiel of yours, Tony, that that thinks that your dad is the one that is the leak of information for the South American no, division. No, I want to be no. clear that he is not. Um, he is definitely 100% not. I told you that Tony wasn't involved with this. This was my 
thing. This was my thing to bring. I to had this. no so, idea until yeah, until I texted Ryan Tony talk about to my this. Dad. Yeah, no. Yeah. So just so we're one hundred percent clear, Tony Anobly Senior is not the guy that I'm talking about. A, please, he probably please don't doesn't. Honestly, him. he probably doesn't yeah. even know anything about this. Um, no. I guarantee yeah. you he doesn't. He's been super um, busy the last few weeks. And, and to show you that I'm telling you the truth, um, I'll give you another embarrassing fact about me so that you can understand that I'm being 100% transparent, as transparent as I possibly can be. I wet the You've bed. You've been farting this whole time? Uh, I wet the bed and wore pull-ups until I was 14 years old. There. Now uh, now you know how, will, how willing to be transparent it I am about real. this fact. All right. Um, now, here are the other I two things I have to say. I was rejected 18 times in college. 17 of those were me. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, in that the, case, 37 times. So the nice math. Um, okay. So here's, here are the other two things I want to say to that. Number one is um, I think the other thing that a lot of guys did when listening to that talk to that masculinity ad was they got uncomfortable with by the first part and it triggered something in them and they I leaned into the that discomfort instead of questioning the discomfort. In fact, even when I heard it, I was like, great. Another thing targeting guys like, like even I had that moment of thinking that, and I'm sitting here having this conversation thinking that the, the ad was a good thing, right? Um, if you are uncomfortable by something, I don't care what it is, right? Um, I think it's worth always questioning why did this make me uncomfortable and is it for a good reason uh, before before just reacting about it. One of, the, one of the downsides to social media comments, things like that, is that before... Uh, before social media, you used to have to process your ideas either alone or with friends. And it was always in a private setting. But what social media and has if you done... Wanted, if you wanted to make it public, it cost a lot of money to go and have yeah. printed, so you had to think about it. Yeah, whereas now, uh, you can process in public out loud uh, before uh, before you... Or you can say something out loud before you've had actually had the chance to process it. In fact, so we do the order in reverse now. And that's caused a lot of problems, I think. So I, we have to be intentional about now putting it back the way it was and processing first and then posting or, or talking. The other thing... Just do a, a Lincoln letter tweet yeah. where you tweet out, you delete it, and then if you feel better by three retweets, yeah. you can tweet it again. Now, the the other side of this was something that I think Relevant Magazine pulled, posted, and I will have to go back and yeah. find it. Yeah. But they had an excellent view on this, um, and I agree with them. As much as I think the ad is a good message, uh, what I loved about Relevant's piece on this, and, and we'll link it, in the show notes, if it's not relevant, it's whatever magazine thing is there, um, is that they basically said, why are we looking to companies like companies selling us stuff for morality? Like why are, why are advertisements the source of a moral me of a message of morality in our culture? And, um, this, and I thought that was an excellent point. Like, so it's not so much that my issue is with the message itself, but the fact that it's coming from a company trying to sell me something and eventually, and ultimately trying to make a profit off of me. And they're trying to do so in a way that sure is better than alternative ways. But uh, why are we as a culture looking to companies and commercials and advertisements as a source of our, why are we looking to Nike and it's Colin Kaepernick ad as our source of morality and our stances of morality? Like why are, why are these companies that are, that are purely after one thing, which is profit margins for their shareholders? Why are we, 
I, I think in a better product. I mean, sure. I mean, I'll at least sure. get Nike and yeah, sure. Sure that. I think they make a quality product too, but yes, yeah, like profit margin. But either way, that they shouldn't be the source of our morality. And I'm not going to sit here as a Christian and tell you that the Bible has to be has to be your source of morality. Sure, it's the one that I choose. It's the current one that that I choose, and and not even really the source. It's really who the Bible talks about that's the source of my morality. But outside of that, I, yeah, yeah, or it's semantics yeah. at that point. But yeah. I'm not trying to legislate the Bible over anyone is what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah. I think— The um, Bible shouldn't be everyone's source of morality. No. I mean, I think it ought to be, but everyone should have to choose that. Yeah, I I, I would agree. This I think Christian that, Sharia law. Um, yeah, Christian, if we were going to do that, I would just tell you that Die Hard has to be your favorite Christmas movie, um, which I think everyone which just agrees with. It is with. a Christmas movie. Bruce Willis is wrong. Yes, I agree. So this Willis like, is not our source of morality for whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie. But this is this is actually a really good point that I think is a good one to kind of close off this this episode with in yeah. our last bit is where is our source of morality? Where should it come from? Because I don't like I agree that it shouldn't come from a company trying to sell me a product. Um, and I, and it makes me wonder how little room and space we've left in our lives to have these conversations and how little accountability we're actually living with on a personal level that it's the companies selling selling products that are the ones telling us what or what or how to behave or treat each other. I'm going to counterpoint you real quick as a, as a way to end. I think cuz I read an article about this um and I I'll have to look it up so we can put it in the thing, but it talked about how this is actually a response to the 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 millennial and gen Z's accountability. Uh, we are holding ourselves accountable and each other accountable. And now companies, seeing that's where money go, are now holding themselves accountable. So I would argue that, yes, they shouldn't be the source of our, our morality. And they shouldn't be the ones to take a stand up front like that. Uh, but I think it's because they see that we are going to hold them accountable. Um, which is why, you know, them calling out Procter & Gamble is exactly what should happen. Even the company that is saying we are going to start doing good things, we should call out and say, okay, but actually start doing good things. Um, you know, I'm seriously debating getting Apple products next just because I, I've for a long time I've been uncomfortable with the way that they treat their workers in China. And I, I got sucked into that world a long time ago, and it's just what I know. And it, I inherit a lot of products, but it's like I don't know if I'm comfortable with that anymore. So I, I think, yes. Our source of morality, we should question, we should ask. It shouldn't come from those companies. But I also think that as a generation, I think we're doing a good job of holding people accountable yeah. and, and 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 at least telling companies we are going to put our money in places that are trying to do the right thing. We're more willing to do things like that. So the cynic in me says, are they are they on board because we're holding them accountable or are they feigning it? to tap into the important oh. values to millennials and Gen Z. Like that, yes. that's the part like, I mean, yeah. Do you see my point? To like, a degree. Cause a, they're not giving all of their money away, but yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's kind of where I sit. Like, and, and it's, one, it's, it's one of those things that's impossible to verify, but it's a fun thought experiment. Um, but I think, I think you're right too, that we should continue to quit. Like the, we haven't won yet. You know what I mean? Like we need to keep doing that. Yeah. Um, because there are places like, you know, Covington Catholic school. So, you know, we need to keep holding people accountable and saying this type of behavior is not okay. Yeah. This is not cool. I think it's so fitting that a week after that ad comes out or less, uh, 
all of a sudden we have a bunch of white males exhibiting exhibiting mob mentality and disrespecting a, a Native American, you know, an indigenous elder as he's trying to, you know, protest like they did. And they won't let him protest peacefully. Well, so, and, and, um, and, and regardless of whether you've seen the videos or not, th- this is what happened. Like I, it, right after Gillette, like it was like they were prophets saying, hey, we need to do better. And we came out and we're like, yeah. Yeah. Well, OK, so <laughs> and 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 actually on that point, there's someone who says, well, hold on. If you had looked at that Covington story, you'd know that, you know, there's more to that story. Have you read the statement his family put out or, you know, he put out or have you re- heard his interview on the Today Show or whatever? And I'm sitting here going, uh, that's part of like, you know, how millennials and Gen Z are holding uh, companies accountable. Uh, I love that people are holding the news agencies accountable, too, because they're saying, Oh, of course, the rich white kid whose mom is the president of a of a finance company uh, gets to share his side of the story. Right. Like, of course, that's the case. Yep. When was the when are we good? Do we get to hear from I, the Native American that was right in front of yeah. him in that video? Do we get to I hear mean, from I, literally anyone else there? Um, so this is I I, yeah. I I love that even in that um, millennials and Gen Z are holding companies accountable. And, and I'm and, all for and, better business practices out of companies. No, for sure. And I think this is why having outlets like podcasts and Twitter are so important. I mean, to me, that's why Twitter, I use Twitter more than anything else, because to me, that's where our generation is sitting. That's the gatehouse for our generation, Um, the Starbucks, the mall of our generation. This is where we actually get the news out. And actually, this is where, you know, life, because the media outlets all put a spin on it. People put a video and made their comments and, and talked about it out there. And I think it's important for us. I mean, I wish we could have an Adventist Twitter, like our own version of that, where we just like a place to where we could put our our comments and our thoughts. That wasn't yet Advent yak. Twitter, Advent Twitter, Seventh Day Advent Twitter. Um, no, I I agree. I think, and that's why I think social media is driving a reformation in the church right now. And I've talked about this several times yeah. because accountability yeah. of public institutions and private institutions has skyrocketed. Now, I do think there's a flip side to that of we can get engaged in mob mob mentality. We saw that actually after the uh, Boston Marathon bombing, where Reddit yeah. Uh, yeah. falsely identified and uh, doxed people, uh, and yep. they were completely wrong. Right. So mob and, mentality and, is a yeah, thing. We need to be careful. Yeah. Or watching. The, the oh, mob. man, I can't remember her yeah. name. Uh, Ford, Christine Blasey Ford, who. Yeah. Um, who accused Kavanaugh. Right. Uh, she wasn't yeah. able to return. I don't even know if she's still able to return to work, um, but she no. had to move. She couldn't go home because of the death yeah. threats and everything coming at her house. So I do think that social media has also provided a mob mentality. I mean, it's it's, it's both. It's yeah, both. it's a both end. It's, it's, it's but we need to hold it to higher. I, I think it goes back to that idea of with toxic masculinity, as with anything, we have to hold it accountable, which goes back to our previous statement. I mean, this was supposed to be segmented, but it, it flows so well with what allegedly the South American division is doing. We need to hold, they feel like they're holding us accountable. We need to hold them accountable and say, all right, you're calling for unity act in a unifying manner. Yep. Absolutely. Um, That's all we're asking for. And for you to, you know, stop sucking on the teat of our money, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. On that note, no, but for <laughs> reals, I think I think it's super important um, that we look that we that we try to be better. You know, I mean, 
I, as I, that's why I do this. That's why I talk with you. That's why we meet up. That's why we do the things we do because we just want it to be better. I was telling somebody the other day, like I love my church. I love my people and I just want them to be better because I believe there's something better and I believe there's something better out there for us. And so I agree. Yeah. For me, I, I just, that's why I do this is so that we can be better. Yeah, I agree. And uh, to anyone who's confused because I didn't say or or, or anything like that, I didn't respond. Uh, Google Hangouts messed up, so I don't actually know anything of what Tony just said. So I'm just going to trust that it was good um, and that it was solid. Yeah, I've just been riffing. Yeah, that you was... You can edit the last part out. No, I'm not going to. We're going to leave it. The whole thing. We're going to oh, leave boy. whatever you just said. Um, I've okay. actually been looking for... What happens is when I connect to Wi-Fi on my phone while we're recording, it messes up the Google Hangout connection. It does that, yeah, it does that. Um, I'm uh, looking for... We did an episode on toxic mascul- masculinity, and I'm trying to remember which episode it was. I want to say it was 35 um, or 36. Yeah, but we we did. We did an episode. It'll be... Yeah. I'll, I'll leave a link to it in the show notes if you want to listen yeah. to our full views on toxic I masculinity. I wish you would be a man. Yeah, I wish you would man up. Yeah. I wish you would man up. Sorry. Yeah. So that is, um, but it's definitely one worth listening to if you're curious on our thoughts on masculinity. And that was only the beginning of the conversation. It extends much further than that. Um, But yeah, it is. uh, This is a much bigger conversation. And one of the things I I hope that even in our, even in our talking about this, that you may have caught some glimpse of a 27 episode 27. I wish you would man up. Found it. Good call. Um, I hope you found something practical in here. You can do as you're watching different content or taking in different content of tempering your reactions prior to responding. Uh, that is something yeah. I think is really important, but um, I do have to cut this a little bit short because I have to run to pick someone up from the airport. Um, but Tony, thanks so much for your, for being willing to, to take this bullet with Bro, me, put a course. target on your back. Um, I appreciate you. Who, ne- um, who needs a job and finances? Yeah. Who who needs a job and you know, livelihood. Um, and I love the Adventist church. I want to put that back out there. I love what I'm a part of and, uh, I love the conversations we get to have here. So, uh, to our listeners, thank you for being on this journey with us. If you want, please go and like our Facebook, facebook.com slash absurdity podcast. It would mean a lot to me and us. Um, that's where we're posting all of, you know, new episode announcements or even important announcements. Uh, if you want to support us financially, patreon.com slash absurdity podcast, uh, you can give a dollar, you can give $10. I don't care, but uh, all the episodes go up ad-free the night before a, for all of our patrons, and you get one at least one bonus episode a month if you pay $5 or more. So we thank you so much for supporting this. If you, like, if you follow us on iTunes, please leave a review. And uh, without further ado, we will see you next week. Today's episode of Absurdity is sponsored by The Haystack. The Haystack is a voice for young adults in the Seventh-day Adventist Church that produces articles, music reviews, videos, and more. To check them out, go to www.thehaystack.org. The Haystack. Life. Culture. Theology.